Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And welcome to the Hurricane Holland, everybody. We are on campus tonight. We're at the Ratskeller on campus. What a beautiful setting after a beautiful game. And uh, we're looking out at the lake. The sun is uh, making its lazy descent here in Coral Gables on a picture-perfect day. Absolutely perfect after beating the uh, Clemson Tigers. It is homecoming week. Uh, we've got a big show lined up for you for the next two hours. Don Bailey Jr. is with us. Dan Radikovich is with us. Coach Larinaga is going to be here a little bit later on. Uh, so if you're in the area at the Raskeller on campus or here close by, come on by and say hello. That's right. Everybody's uh, welcome. We want to we, encourage everybody to stop by the Rat Skeller this evening. We, we got the Phillies game on. I might be daydreaming. My, my neck might be swiveling a little bit here and there. Hurricanes Athletic Director Dan Radikovich is with us. Congratulations on the big win on Saturday. Well, Joe, thanks so much. And, you know, Don and I were just talking a little while ago. You know, we went to school here at the University of Miami in the early 1980s. And, of course, this beautiful Raskeller was not here, but the original Raskeller was not far away from here. And we were just reminiscing a little bit about those times being able to come in there. But, uh, you know, it's great to have this this event, this hurricane hotline here on campus, because I, I really believe that's where it belongs. And we're taking that first step today, and hopefully we'll be able to have more of these coming into the future. Because, you know, the University of Miami and, and Hurricane Athletics is really here for the student body, for the, the campus population, and all of Miami. But it starts right here. And I will tell you that the atmosphere in Hard Rock Stadium last Saturday night, you know, geared by our students, geared by our fans, was just absolutely phenomenal i know some people who were sitting on the other sidelines and they were they were really amazed at the noise that was inside the stadium i mean our fans brought it yeah. and and we really do appreciate it and we'll we'll need them again this coming saturday when we play virginia but you know last uh, last saturday night they were they were in full form and and it really affected the game in a positive way yeah no question and this place is beautiful we have uh you can sit outside on the lake in uh, South Florida here in no as we head to November. It's just absolutely stunning. And, of course, inside, come by and see our show and uh, mingle a little bit. Great food here, by the way. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Dan, before we get uh, into some details, I want to commend you for the Ring of Honor. And I know it wasn't a one-person event, but to have uh, – I was happened to be down on the field at, at halftime when it went on and – to see Dennis Erickson and Chuck Foreman and, and Coach Johnson. Uh, and then, you know, of course, it, Russell was there, Vinny was there, and we had representation from, from the Dooleys and the Duns and, and uh, Kennedy and Taylor and Jeremy Shockey was there as honorary captain and McKinney. But 
to see Coach Johnson, to see Coach Erickson and Chuck Foreman to be so, I think they were in awe of, of the whole event. I really do. And, it, and that's kind of hard to yeah. say about guys that have done everything, been in the Hall of Fames and national championships. And I really want to commend you. And I know that, you know, Rick Rimmert had a ton of have to For do sure with it. Did. And so did Carter. Did a, had a lot to do with it as well. But it, it was just, uh, it, it, was a, it was an impactful event. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Don, because, you know, when I got here, you know, in January of 22, you know, one of the things you look at within a program, especially one that has this many great players, is how do you honor them? So as I talked to Carter, talked to Rick, you know, we got a little bit of background on how this was happening, and it became very evident that it was, it was not uh, programmed, mm -hmm. and it was not, you know, in some kind of sequential order that had a, you know, kind of a book to say, okay, this is how you do it, because... You know, University of Miami Athletics is in the forever business, okay? We're, we're going to be here forever. We've had a lot in almost 100 years, a lot of great student-athletes that have come through here. So how do, you, how do you honor them, and how do you do it the right way? And specifically in the football program, we've designated the Ring of Honor. That is the highest honor you can bestow upon a, a University of Miami football player. So at other stops that I'd been on along the way, I'd seen some really good ways of how universities had honored their, their student-athletes, and particularly in football. So we sat down, we talked about it, we pulled together a, a, a little bit of a um, kind of a white paper as to how it would work, you know, what would be the criteria, how, long, how many times it would happen over a decade, how many people would normally get in. And, and then we put, it, put a committee together, and, and it, was, uh, it was a great committee to be able to look at um, who might be nominated for that, um, for that highest honor. And, and certainly the, the first class <laughs> under this new um, operation uh, was just stellar. You know, Coach Johnson, Coach Erickson, Chuck Foreman, just amazing representatives of the University of Miami. And I agree with you, you know, being down there on the field and having the honor of being able to put that medallion over those three gentlemen's uh, around their neck was, was just awe-inspiring. And, you know, these guys really, really enjoyed it. And our fans, again, just brought it. I mean, they enjoyed it. They gave incredible accolades to to these three and uh, looking forward to doing it again in a couple of years. You know, we'll mm -hmm. do these every every two years, you know, to be able to give some time and bring some bring folks into the again, the highest honor. If it's the highest honor, you can't do it every week. No, okay? no, no. So you've got to make sure that it's it's something that has the gravitas that that is really really important and I think we'll we'll be able to do that. But again, thank you and then thank Carter Tool for all that he did and Rick Rimmert and just uh just it's just a great night. Just a great night. Well, thank I like you for that it was uh, I like that uh, it was Jimmy and Dennis back to back because those guys were back to back coaches, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so I thought that was great. And then also, I think sometimes because the University of Miami has had so much success starting in '83, some forget about the history before that. And there were some great players like Chuck Foreman yes. that have played at the University of Miami and their teammates and. I'll never forget, uh, I was at um, Don Shula's Hall of Fame, and he mentioned Earl Morrill. And I was sitting right next to Earl Morrill, and, it was, and Earl Morrill started radiating because it was as if he was going into the Hall of Fame also. Mm -hmm. So I think when a guy like Chuck Foreman goes in from 1971, all of his guys are going in with him. No question. And, and that's one of the great things that, 
you know, you being a teammate, mm-hmm. okay, is, is you, you really look at the success of the people around you and, and you feel that same success, that sense of pride. Um, you know, I went to a small school in Pennsylvania, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, and we have uh, one of our great uh, alumni, Jim Hazlitt, who played in the NFL for a number of years, was a head coach, head, the, coach, right. head coach for the Saints. And, and Jim, all of us, I mean, our teams from the, you know, 77, 78, I mean, we, you know, we feel we, every win he had, every loss that he had. I mean, we just, you radiate that with your teammates. And, Don, you know that oh, with, yeah. with the great players that you played with. So I, I, I agree with you 100%, Joe. I mean, that, that's, that's, that was a win for the, every team that Chuck was with. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's, it's a UM athletic community reunion in a sense. You know, having Vinny Testifer there, you see that, and Russell, and, and you see the guys, the look on their face, and it just it inspires them again and gets them going again about how great this university is and how great this athletic department is. It's very important for us to continue to you know, engage our former mm-hmm. football student athletes. We have a great opportunity each week for them to be in an area of the stadium all together, for them to, you know, come and, and, and enjoy a great game and, and be all together. And, um, you know, we want to continue to do that. And we want to continue to do that and, and make our uh, interaction with our football alumni to get better and better. Because when, when you have success um, as, at the level that they did, um, they, they are the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at back in college football and it's hard to, uh, it's hard to see that there was any, anything any better. And, and now most of those folks are in their late 40s, early 50s, maybe some 60s. 60s. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it means a lot to be able to come back and be recognized. Uh, you mentioned the crowd on Saturday night. We've had a couple of really nice crowds, Texas A&M. They were really energized. This game really energized, even Georgia Tech. Uh, for that matter, how do you continue to build on that experience for the fans? Um, because you can see at Coach Cristobal what he's trying to do with the recruits. You, there's a real, I think, picture of what this thing could, can look like. Well, I, I agree with you. And again, as I said earlier, the fans were fantastic. And you know, this this upcoming week, it's homecoming. Right. I mean, homecoming should be a. You know, you, that kind of sells itself on its own. We've got, you know, Virginia coming in who just came off an incredible win against uh, North Carolina. So they're going to be, they're going to have some confidence that maybe they didn't have earlier in the year. So we're going to have to play at our absolute best, you know, come this Saturday. But, you know, it's going to be a, a homecoming crowd. You know, we have uh, employee day. We have, you know, all of those different things. Our students are um, here we want them to continue to pick up the, the number of tickets that they have and be out there because, again, they really affect the game. We're going to look out to try to get some additional groups to come in. Youth football is very important here yeah. in South Florida. want to see if we could entice some of those folks to come in, and, and we're doing some outreach as far as that's concerned. So, uh, again, looking forward to a, a, a 3.30 start. Coach Nellenberger always t- used to say that that was the best time to play in South Florida. Melt them. He wanted yeah, to melt them. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, but it was uh, – it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, when you, when you think of <clears throat> homecoming, or oh, let's go back to the crowd for a moment. We were at Clemson last year, and you had spent many years there, and that's an 80,000-plus. And when you put the 50s or the high 40s or 50s or 60s at Hard Rock, 
it equates to 89 or 100,000 anywhere else. It, they, it is the strongest voice, I think, in college football when you start getting around those numbers. Now, the School of Engineering here would tell you that the roofs that kind of go over keep the sound in, and it sure does. I mean, we affect our opponents in a very unique mm-hmm. way. Uh, I'm, I'm still looking for that 65,000 know, night that it, everybody's here again in full throat to be able to just, I, that would be an incredible, because it's very loud on the field. Yes, it's it incredibly is. Incredibly loud. So, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to keep moving forward. I mean, y- you talk about the 80,000 in Clemson, um, not a whole lot else to do at that, in, in those small college towns Correct. like Clemson. So it is, you know, one of the things that brings people together seven times a year. Uh, here we're we're battling a lot of great things. I mean, just look out our window. I mean, it's just, <laughs> right now, <laughs> it's just amazing. Uh, so w- we have to do a great job of of marketing this. We have to do a great job of making sure the experience that the fan has when they come to Hard Rock, which is a world class stadium. That's right. And it is a phenomenal place to watch a football game. So uh, we just have to keep you know chopping wood there and and trying to make it happen. Dan, I don't know that we've spoken to you since we added members to the ACC. And uh, so next year, here comes Stanford, Cal, and SMU. I know you've been working with the scheduling a little bit. How is that going to – what do you think – or how do you think it's going to shake out? Well, I, I think we'll be able to look – we're at the final stages of that. Hopefully next week we'll be able to talk about who the opponents are going to be over a seven-year span. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's kind of the, the way that the scheduling has kind of worked out. We'll do a seven-year stretch, and then we'll evaluate. Um, but as it relates to Cal and Stanford, I think all the original members, original 14 members, will take three trips out to Cal and, uh, or Stanford, Cal or Stanford, over a seven-year period. And you know, that will kind of even things out for everyone you know, during that time period. So uh, looking forward to the exact dates that we go out there. Um, also, they'll be coming you know, here to play uh, as well. Uh, so uh, it'll be. It'll, I think it'll be good. I think our our fan base certainly. We're going to play Florida State each and every year. So we'll we'll see how the rest of the schedule turns out. But uh, hopefully next week that'll that'll be uh, ready for uh, for for the public. A quick follow up on that. The big the big question is with the conferences and all the expansion, is how many conference games? What is the right number? And you start looking at whether it's the expanded ACC or the expanded Big Ten or Southeastern Conference. There are a lot of great matchups. That perhaps TV wants to see, right? But that requires more, maybe more conference games. How does that all play out? Well, we're going to stay at eight. Eight, okay. Um, eight will be the the number that we continue to have. We've talked about it a number of times as to whether whether or not to go to nine. But when you have some of the schools uh, that have uh, in-state rivals, Louisville and Kentucky, Florida and Florida State, Clemson and South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech. And then you throw Notre Dame in and the scheduling arrangement that we have with Notre Dame. If you played nine conference games and then you had that rival, so now you're at 10 Power 5 games, and then if you happen to have Notre Dame that year, you're at 11, um, that's pretty stout. So uh, we wanted to make sure to stay at eight and allow us to have those, those different opportunities. And it, and it allows us to go out and look for other non-conference games as well up into the future. We have Florida, we have South Carolina, we have Auburn, we have Michigan State, uh, and there's a few others that we're looking to schedule right now. People are always asking Joe and I about that. H- how do you schedule in advance? I mean, what, what are, what, is there a basic guideline for that? 
Well, a lot of the guideline is, <clears throat> are you available or, and are they available? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> level one. That's number one. one. Right. And then number two, do you need the home game or do they need the home game to start the series? Okay. Or when exactly can you pull that together? Because you know, in, the, in the best of circumstances, you want to have seven home games a year. Now, up into the future, there will be years when we may have eight, but there will be other years when we may have six. Mm. So we, there, there's some differences in the schedule there that we're kind of dealing with from, from the past that you know, we're just going to have to make do. Uh, but moving into the future, the, the idea is to play your eight conference games, have two other power fives, a group of five, and an FCS. You know, that's the, that's the menu to be able to move forward. And in fairness, the FCS needs the game as well. I mean, they, 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 look forward, they may not look forward to the game itself, but they look forward to, to some of the things that come with it. Well, it's certainly important to keep football alive throughout the country. And when you have schools at the Power 5 level to be able to um, have guaranteed games with either group of five schools, which is important for them, or certainly the FCS, uh, to be able to fund their program and continue to have quality football at that level. How do you manage it with the the scheduling part with the networks in terms of conference games? I mean, you want to make it fair and balanced for everybody, but there are some games that probably the network would love to have each and every year. However, then that puts a burden on certain teams. You must have been talking to Florida State because <laughs> um, you know, th- th- that's how they look at how this, you know, some of the schedule models that have gone out um, work for them. But you know, at the end of the day, you've, you've got to be able to have, you know, those really good games that the network wants, but you balance them out by historic, back, uh, historic uh, performance of the programs. Now, just like that, that great thing that whenever you go to invest money, you know, past performance <laughs> is not future results, you know, yeah. kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really a, a watchword as it relates to scheduling as well. I mean, you can say, okay, well, you're, you're going to play these three schools, and over the last five years, they may not have been, you know, very, uh, very productive. And then all of a sudden, boom, mm-hmm. you know, they become really good. So that game on your schedule that looked kind of soft uh, now isn't that way. Um, just ask the folks that have played Duke. That's right. Uh, you know, Duke has historically not been a great football program, um, but they sure are this year. And the value of recruiting, you know, adding the West Coast teams. I mean, every coach wants, every coach wants that too because it expands the brand for the University of Miami and the conference. Well, there's no doubt about that, and, and I think that's going to help the conference. And it's also going to help the schools on the West Coast to mm-hmm. be able, and, and SMU to be able to have some ties into Texas and, and certainly California, and they're going to look at some of the things here in South Florida. So, look, this is an incredibly fertile recruiting ground. Everybody wants to be here. Everybody wants to be a part of you know, coming in here and being able to uh, say, hey, we, we have a game in South Florida. You can stay for another segment, right? Sure. All right, good. Dan Radikovich is with us. We are at the uh, Ratskeller on campus here at the University of Miami celebrating the Hurricanes' big win over Clemson and, of course, getting ready for uh, Virginia on Saturday, 3.30 at Hard Rock Stadium. Let me talk to you for a moment about Williamson Buick GMC. is one of my favorite topics. Uh, anytime you can talk about Ed Williamson or his lovely wife, Carol, uh, I could talk about them for, for hours and days. But you want to get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle in a new GMC from Williamson Buick GMC. You talk about the South Florida lifestyle. I mean, look at this. We're sitting here on campus. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's, uh, this is the best time of the year in, in South Florida. We've reached the dry season, and uh, new GMC models are arriving every single day at Williamson. So this means that Williamson Buick GMC is sure to have the new GMC you're looking for. So get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle in a Canyon, in Acadia, 
a Terrain, a Sierra, or the big, the big guy, the Yukon. Want to be king of the road? Step in behind the Yukon with a new GMC from your premier GMC dealership, Williamson Buick GMC, located on US-1 just south of the Palmetto. GMC, we are professional grade. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we're at the Ratskeller on a special edition of the Hurricane Hotline on a Monday night. Coach L is here. He'll be joining us momentarily. Dan Radikovich is with us. Francis Mauinoa is going to be with us. Ruben Bain is going to be with us. Xavier Restrepo is going to be with us. Colby Young is going to be with us. Coach L is going to be with us in a couple of minutes here. Cam Just got with practice. Cam Gorby did a heck of a job yeah. of lining up this star-studded event tonight. I was just at basketball practice. I'm sure. Huh? Every free minute you love running over yeah. there. I don't blame you. Went over to see Coach L. So. The Phillies game must have not started. No, it was. Oh, I okay. had it on my phone a little bit. All right, so about five minutes or so. All right. Okay. It's good to see you, Coach. Right. <laughs> There's Mrs. L. There she is. There well, is. speaking of, you kind of had a, had a basketball media day. We did. And then they're going to go to Charlotte, I think, tomorrow. Okay. Uh, for ACC Media Day. So I imagine basketball, both men and women, will receive a fairly decent projection from the ACC media. Well, I, n- I never <laughs> want to project the media, Joe. But they, you're right. They should. I mean, both, both the teams and certainly, you know, our, our, our guys' team, I mean, they, you know, in preseason rankings are, have been in the, in the 13, 14 hole mm-hmm. and the women in the top 25. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be exciting. We're really looking forward to the year. We're, we're doing some great things inside the uh, Watsco Center, reconfiguring the court a little bit, have you know, great demand for some increased premium seating, and we're able to do that uh, for the guys' games. We sold some uh, large number, 1,400 more season tickets for the guys, which is wow. great, and we're still selling and it's still available. Uh, so come on out and get those, get those tickets. We, uh, we'd love to have you there. Uh, and it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun atmosphere, and, and you know that's another one where you know the students that are here who have come forward and and really brought the enthusiasm as they did at the end of last year. Well, actually, all of uh, the second semester last year it was great to have them there, and you know we want to be able to do that again. Um, I you know Jim does a great job of interacting with students on campus, as do his players, and you know I think that has a lot to do with it. And our, our players really enjoy seeing them. They want to come out and support them. When you are looking at women's basketball, men's basketball, and you're doing schedules, is there pre-planning in that? We had that conversation about football. How do you go about that as well? Well, I'm very, very fortunate as it relates to basketball scheduling. That's done by the coaches and their staffs. So we don't have to get, administratively, we really don't get involved in that. Um, But they work together very well to make sure that, you know, if they're looking for a certain date to be home, the the, the men and the women share the facility, so they work together on the, the right time to be able to schedule those non-conference opponents. Every once in a while, I'll throw in, hey, why don't you play these guys? <laughs> As a matter of fact, 
Uh, Jim last year to start the uh, year played a, uh, an exhibition game against my alma mater. Uh, so all the guys from IUP came down, they played, they had a fantastic experience, and uh, you know, they've been a very, very good Division II team sure. along the way, and uh, they went into the NCAA tournament last year, and I think I, they got to maybe the Sweet 16, but uh, they really enjoyed the opportunity to come to Miami and play, uh, play the Hurricanes. Well, you know, Joe, you remember this for sure, but I remember years ago what the, uh, the, all the baseball teams would come down, Maine and every, yeah. all the north, uh, teams from the Northeast, they would come down early to, so they could even practice and play. For sure, and, and Coach Fraser would do a, a great job. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there would be games, you know, at, at that point in time, Mark Light uh, Field, there would be games all day long. All day. You know, there would be a lot of teams who were just here. that Now, they'd play the Hurricanes later on during the, the week, but they would play each other, mm-hmm. you know, while they're here. Michigan in the, in State, Maine, Southern Illinois. Was it Itchy Jones? Itchy Jones. Itchy Man, Jones, I haven't huh? heard that name in a long, long, long while. <laughs> But one of the one of the great coaching names yeah. of all time, Richard Itchy Jones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, I still have a memory. Um, you also talked a little bit today about softball. Right. Might be on your agenda. Absolutely. As as we continue to grow here as a university, there's a, there we have to make sure that our participation rates with our female student athletes keep up with the number of female students that we have on campus. And one of the things that we need to do to keep that in balance is to bring in another. Uh, women's team. And I think as you look at the geography, uh, you know, how we can uh, compete in, in a very, very good ACC uh, in, in, soft, in, in, in a sport, softball makes a lot of sense being here in South Florida. So we're beginning to take the steps to be able to bring uh, softball here. The timeline is still a little up, to, up in the air, but uh, we have some folks that are really interested in helping us um, you know, bring the program from a financial perspective. We're talking with campus as to where maybe the best place to put a softball stadium. Uh, softball stadiums can fit in, in little postage stamp areas, and, and that kind of fits us you know, you know, here to be able to fit a nice little stadium here on campus for our, our women's program. So uh, looking forward to do that. I had the opportunity to do that at my last stop, um, so uh, kind of know the cookbook and the recipe to pull that together. So it's, it's exciting, and it's really, it really helps in the community. People love the game of softball. Its ratings on ESPN have just continued to go forward because it's, it's an exciting game that fits, interestingly, in a two-hour window, which television really likes. Yeah, it's fast, that's for sure. All right, well, thank you for having us out here tonight. This has been great. Well, Joe, have Don, a wonderful time. Yeah, I think that, like I said at the beginning, I want this to be something that we continue to do, you know, because I think it's a, it, we have to, we have, as, we, as we talked at the top, we have great traditions here at the University of Miami, and I think this could end up being another one of those really great traditions to come here to the Raskeller here on Mondays for Hurricane Hotline. Can't be better. Can't be better. They have fine milkshakes here. That's what I remember <laughs> last time. Great milkshakes. Dan, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. All right, that's Dan Radikovich joining us here at the Raskeller. When we come back, we'll hear from Hurricanes head coach Jim Laranega as we continue on the Hurricane Hotline right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 